Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, September 3rd. S&P futures are trading down five to six points, giving back a tiny bit of yesterday's very strong price action. That's about 20 basis points. Europe's major indices are rallying about a percent to a percent and a half. Very strong price action in Europe across the board. Again, the strength is very broad. There is mild outperformance in banks, autos, and then travel leisure names. Travel leisure aerospace names are all very strong too. Those epicenter stocks based on yesterday's vaccine optimism. Asia was mixed overnight. Japan higher. Hong Kong and mainland China finished in the red. Um, so a lot of moving pieces in the market today, just kind of circling back to the U.S. Yesterday, there were, um, you know, I think a few items that were very much in focus Starting with fiscal stimulus, so United Airlines became the latest airline to warn of very large layoffs on October 1st if the government does not provide additional aid to the industry. That follows a similar warning from American Air. And so there's a sense that those warnings from airlines could help force a compromise in Washington, and that does make some sense. Um, you know, Again, Washington has a lot of fiscal issues to address over the coming weeks, including the big government Dead, uh, budget deadline on October 1st, as well as this airline issue on October 1st. Um, you know, I think it's being complicated by obviously the approaching election. So there are really three factions that are kind of involved. There are center Republicans, which seem to have kind of this $500 billion ceiling. There are There is the White House, which is willing to go up to $1.3 trillion. And then there are Democrats, which, um, you know, are still, are still looking for something north of $2 trillion. I think from the, I think Senate Republicans are the real mitigating factor at this point in time. If you're McConnell, you have your majority on thin ice. There is a lot of pushback um, among Republicans for another large stimulus bill. So I think that he, McConnell is loath to put a controversial vote to his party ahead of a big election at a time when the economy does not obviously need fresh, massive stimulus at this point in time. Um, you know, given where stocks are, given that you have economic data that is continuing to point to a recovery, albeit one that is moderating, given that you have, you know, a lot of vaccine optimism in the market, and given that you have the Fed that's still very aggressive right now, I think that is the big mitigating factor. There's just not enough pressure being placed on Republicans in the Senate at this point in time to offset their concern about the election. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. Um, you know, clearly all sides want more stimulus, there's just big gaps on the numbers. And I, like I said, I think Senate Republicans are the main mitigating factor. So um, Congress will be back next week. Um, the Senate Republicans are going to pass, it looks like they're going to try to pass a $500 billion bill. Um, but again, there's, you know, there's still a lot of conversations that they're going to have to have on the fiscal front. I would just quickly point out the CBO put out another report yesterday is updating some of its fiscal forecasts. It's not like the U.S. economy is lacking in fiscal stimulus. The deficit this year will be 16% of GDP, and that's before any incremental stimulus. The deficit next year will be close to 9% of GDP. Again, this is before any fresh incremental stimulus. And the U.S. economy, the total debt will uh, set a fresh record as a percent of U.S. domestic GDP surpassing the World War II um, peak. So, you know, I think there's clearly a lot of fiscal stimulus in the system in the U.S. at the moment. And again, that's another factor why 
uh, Senate Republicans are reluctant to kind of push forward. So that's the fiscal conversation. Um, on the vaccine front, you know, we've been the tea leaves for several weeks now. I've been suggesting that the White House uh, and the FDA, for a variety of different reasons, are 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 not very hesitant to put an EUA label on some type of vaccine or treatment, even if there is not a consensus within the medical community as to efficacy and safety. You saw it with hydroxychloroquine. Um, that was since rescinded, but the FDA did place the EUA on that. And you saw it with the recent plasma treatment, which again, there was some controversy about the CDC's view on the data and then, and then what the FDA thought. So, you know, the, the question as to whether or not the FDA will grant the EUA on one of these vaccines that's currently in phase three trials right now, um, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily a, a huge step. I think, you know, I think most people assume that the FDA will do that. And, you know, the CDC yesterday just kind of telling health officials in all 50 states to be prepared to administer a vaccine as soon as late October, early November. Again, I think that's kind of just more of an incremental piece of news to get the logistics in place. Um, because, again, there's a big difference though between the EUA being granted by the FDA and then, you know, the, whether or not the underlying data is really going to show um you know, strong efficacy and then and then a lot of clean safety profile. So vaccines are going to be voluntary. People have to go and and sign up for them and, and consume them. Um, and so if it's a very controversial EUA and the data is very mixed, you know, I, I just I don't think that's necessarily all that positive. If the data is, is clearly bullish um, and the EUA comes, then, I, you know, I think that's great. But I think people will be looking at, I think markets should be looking at the underlying data of these vaccines and not just whether or not the FDA grants an EUA on it. Because as we've seen, that EUA does not mean as much perhaps as it did um, in prior years, just given that there's a lot of, uh, there are political pressures being uh, being applied to the process. Um, on the political front, so again, the poll numbers have been very clear for weeks. People can watch the poll numbers on a weekly, on a daily basis. They don't need to have kind of, um, you know, someone come out and, 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 and dictate them to people. The polls were very pro-Biden in June and July, and they have switched. Um, and Trump's numbers have been increasing. I think, though, if the election were still held today, Biden would win. Um, you had a ton of polls out yesterday and then overnight, both national and within battlegrounds. Again, the battlegrounds are much tighter than the national polls. Um, but Biden is still up in a lot of the key battlegrounds. And then nationally, he's still up, um, you know, high single digits on a lot of the most recent polls. So the race is clearly tightening. Um, a lot of these law and order themes are working in Trump's favor politically. There's still a lot of time to go. That first debate on September 29th is going to be a very critical event, in my view. Um, the moderators for the debates were put out yesterday. Uh, Chris Wallace from Fox News will be the moderator of that first one. Um, but again, I think if things were held today, uh, Biden would win. I also don't think there's a clear consensus as to what stocks actually want to see in November. Because again, you have um, you know, the prospect of escalating trade tensions in a second Trump term. You have the prospects of higher taxes in uh, a Biden presidency. So I think a Biden presidency coupled with a Senate GOP would um, you know, would be the optimal outcome in that you can help mitigate both risk, both risks in terms of trade and taxes. Um so again, it's not necessarily so clear that the market wants, um, you know, a, a GOP sweep or, or wants a second Trump term. Um, I think it's more nuanced than than I think it's being played out in in some of the media and press. Uh, so those are the big themes from yesterday. As far as incremental major news for today, there's really not a ton. You had a few economic numbers out of Asia and Europe. Uh, they were mixed, but none of them were particularly important. Um, on the earnings front, you had a bunch of SMIDCAP momentum software names in the U.S. last night. They were 
um, underwhelming to outright disappointing. So, you know, you saw yesterday um, that momentum growth cohort of companies underperformed cyclical value. It did not really suffer, though, aggressive outright selling. You know, there were some uh, prominent names that certainly did uh, end in the red, including Apple and Tesla. But you still had a lot of the others that saw very strong gains, Google, Facebook, Microsoft. And again, they're just underperforming. They're not suffering outright selling. So I think it's too premature to kind of talk about this rotation. Um, you know, I think the pre- I think two prerequisites for a rotation will be higher treasury yields, materially higher yields, not really what they've done. And then also clear um, un- clear buying outperformance in bank stocks. And that has yet to occur um, until you see both of those trends actually take place and sustain over the course of several days. I just think you're going, you're not really going to have this aggressive rotation that a lot of people are still calling for. Um, you know, and again, as far as fundamentally what could cause a, an aggressive rotation, you know, a clear sustained uptick in inflation figures, a clear sustained acceleration in growth figures, um, blowout phase three data from any one of these vaccines over the coming months. And then, you know, a pivot from the Fed. Right now, the Fed is still in this camp of how, you know, they're not even thinking about thinking about hiking. William said that yesterday, and that echoed what Powell has been saying. So the Fed is not even considering. They don't see the need at all to back away from the present policy. Again, if anything, they're set to ramp out even further accommodation. So I think you have to see a lot of those ingredients get put in place. um, And I just don't see that happening uh, on any of those fronts. Uh, either inflation, the Fed pivot, um, you know, you could have blowout vaccine data. Um, but again, you don't, you're not really seeing that occur on the inflation or the Fed front. So I think for the, for the time being, um, any type of rotation price action is probably going to be ephemeral, brief, um, et cetera. So those are the major themes and trends in terms of news on the calendar. The eco data focus will be uh, the weekly claims and then the services ISM in the U.S. today, 8.30 and 10 a.m. respectively. On the earnings front, Sienna and Campbell's will be out this morning. Avago and DocuSign are out tonight. On the political front, Trump is going to Pennsylvania tonight. And then Biden is going to Wisconsin today. Um, And that is essentially everything for this morning. Thank you for listening.